0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear, founder of Convince and Convert, joined here on the last episode of 2018 by my special Texas friend, the executive strategist from Salesforce Marketing Cloud from Austin, Texas, where it never snows. Please welcome Adam Brown.
1: Jay, it is great to uh, be here in the Lack of snow-stricken Austin, Texas, on a December morn.
0: Well, I guess that's not entirely true. It has snowed in Austin. I've actually it in has Austin snowed. Months. Yes, was and in it's, Austin, it's, when it snowed, and it was pandemonium. It was uh, people were freaking out.
1: Well, I mean, you go to the grocery store and they're out of those, you know, five staple items: beer, milk, bread, toilet paper,
0: and Tito's vodka. <laughs> Yes
1: sir you asked direct obviously uh Jay has spent time here in Austin, Texas. We're very proud of our Titos
0: well, we spent a lot of time not only in Austin Texas but all around the world this year on the social pros podcast fifty one outstanding episodes yeah. into 2018, our eighth year, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is our eighth year doing the show. We're getting ready to start season nine here in, in a week or so. And we thought Adam uh, and I would take a, a few minutes in this very special end of the season episode and take a little look back at some of our guests and our favorite highlights from 2018.
1: Jay, it is hard to believe that uh, we've done 51 episodes in 2018. And you're right. I mean, there were some really interesting meta topics that I think we discussed with all 50 plus uh, of our guests. We were talking about Facebook a little less, maybe, than we have in, in the past years. We've talked about artificial intelligence. The messages of genuineness and authenticity have permeated through and again, I love the, uh, the variety of, of guests. We had some authors. We had practitioners. We had people on the creative side, people on more of the analytic side. It, it's, been a, it's been a great year. And this is going to be a lot of fun kind of going through these top 10
0: shows. Yeah, We also talked a lot in 2018 about Instagram, certainly more mm-hmm. than ever. We talked about video more than ever we talked about testing optimization and metrics as much if not more than we ever had. So it's it's fascinating having done this show now for so long to to see how each year the topics change, even though the audience is similar, the the you know reason the show exists is the same, but the topics change. And I just want to say before we get into these uh, highlights, how much Adam and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening to the show. It is our absolute honor and privilege to uh, to, to work with you know tens of thousands of you every single week uh, to to bring you these these episodes. Uh, it's one of the very favorite things we get to do.
1: It's an honor uh, that to get to spend time with with all of you. Uh, and it's as you said, it's been really interesting to think about how this show and these guests that we have are in some cases leading indicators as we see more and more of a marketer's dollars now being spent on social. I think... Jay, when you started the show over eight years ago, yeah, it was it was single digits. One, two, three percent of companies were spending their money on social. Today it's in the twenty to thirty percent of CMOs are spending their dollars doing what our social pros do every day.
0: Yeah, the whole show is essentially about organic um, for the first you know several years of the of the podcast. You know what else is interesting is the continued support that we have from our fantastic sponsors, most notably Salesforce Marketing Cloud, thanks to Adam and his whole team and everybody at Salesforce, what an extraordinary company. Uh, They're back again, we'll be back again in 2019, Adam will be back on the microphone. So last chance for me to tell you this year, about their social media B2B guide, everything you need to know to do social media fantastically if you're in B2B, which can have its own set of challenges. We've talked about some of those on the podcast. In fact, our first highlight from 2018 will be uh, one of those stories. So if you haven't had a chance to do it, I very much suggest that over the holidays, when you have a little more time, download for yourself the social media B2B guide from Salesforce. You can get it right now at no cost. Go to bit.ly slash social B2B guide. That's bit.ly slash social B, the number two B guide, all lowercase. Grab that for me, won't you? You will appreciate it. Also, first time I'm going to mention on the show, won't be the last, definitely the first, super fired up about it. Daniel Lemon, my co-author of the book, Talk Triggers, and myself, are rolling out for the first time a brand new word of mouth marketing masterclass. It launches officially uh, February 1st, but we're taking uh, early registrations now. Anybody who signs up by the end of the year saves 400 bucks off the course 12-week program taught exclusively by Daniel and myself personally. Each week, we'll work with you on how to develop, test, measure, implement, and rock your word-of-mouth strategy. Uh, We're super excited about the course. We've previewed it with some other folks, and they've already seen massive improvements in their customer acquisition in their business. So we're really, really fired up up about uh, this opportunity go to the landing page and you can see some video descriptions of what we're going to offer if you're interested. uh, It's a super good deal. It's probably not likely that Daniel and I will teach this course ourselves probably more than once or so. So if you want to hear it directly from the guys who wrote the book and pioneered the system, this is your chance. It's a February 1st start, but we are only taking 99 students. That's it. We want to keep it personal. So we got 99 students total. That's everybody in the world, 99 of them. So if you're interested, I would suggest getting on it because we'll probably sell it out. Wordofmouthmasterclass.com. Wordofmouthmasterclass.com. Hope to see you there. Okay. So what we did, Adam, is we had 51 episodes in 2018. And I don't think we had a bad one. You know, obviously we're biased because we're here on the microphone, but I don't think we had one where I was like, nah, that wasn't a good one. We really had a a, a terrific collection of guests. And so what we did is we went through and we looked at the ones where we thought you and I maybe learned the most or, or we really, really liked that guest and what they had to say. We also looked at popularity. So which uh, episodes were downloaded the most by you, the, the Social Pros uh, community, and we kind of cross-referenced those two lists. So this isn't necessarily the top 10 by downloads or the top 10 or anything else, but these are 10 that we really thought uh, we wanted to draw your attention to, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a big part of this, that when you and I can sit down with a guest and, and we're learning something and it's an engaging conversation and it's an intellectual conversation, I like to think that that means our guests and our, and our, and our, and our listeners are, are having the same type of, of experience. So a little bit of art and science into uh, creating this top 10 list.
0: Absolutely. So what we're going to do is for each of these 10 episodes that we loved here in 2018, we're going to give you a little highlight, just a little snippet of the greatness of that episode. We'll remind you what episode number it was. So if you're unclear, you can go back to socialpros.com, find that episode, re-listen to it, or uh, look for the name of the guest in iTunes or wherever it is that you download your podcasts, and you can give it a listen over the holidays. So without further ado, we're going to tee up the 2018 Social Pro's greatest hits, uh, starting with an amazing, amazing comment uh, from our friend, Sarah O'Grady, who runs social media for uh, Lenovo. The the headline of this episode, one of my favorites of the year, is why the best social media ideas sound terrible at first. Sarah was uh, episode number 316.
2: The bigger issue is quality. You know, we talk about content and people, you know, pushing this this notion of more, 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 and needing to really have these robust content calendars where, you know, you're building out just, you're, you're spending so much money and so, so many resources on building so much content that it's going to be really hard for you know, that content to break through, if you instead focused your energies and and looked at, you know, fewer, bigger, bolder pieces, and, and how do you create derivative content? How do you make that content work harder for you?
1: I love this, uh, this episode with Sarah, and it's, I think, appropriate one, Jay, for us to start with, because what Sarah's talking about is in our social media endeavors, we should focus on quality versus quantity. And that's kind of what we're trying to do here with this Top Ten Show. We're trying to distill this down, 51 episodes down to one episode of the most powerful soundbites. But, but Sarah is, is so brilliant with her fewer, bigger, bolder concept.
0: Yeah, she's also super funny. You should follow her on, uh, on, on uh, Twitter. Uh, she's got some sass about her, which, uh, which I appreciate very much. Speaking of, of, of sass, Adam, who's, who's our second uh, highlight clip here for 2018?
1: Oh, it is a SaaS master, uh, Mr. Chuck Hemman, who, uh who's a head of analytics at W2O Group, a good friend of mine. I know a good friend of yours. We actually, I don't know if you knew this, or, not, or Jay, I think we may have covered this in the show. Uh, we moved to Austin within the same week of each other
0: uh, about 10 years ago. Wow, I did not realize that. I knew that you had both uh, been in Austin from, from time to time. You're obviously still there, but I didn't realize that you guys uh, had, had debuted at, at, on the charts at the same time. So he, he's, he's a Tito's Vodka guy too, probably.
1: He's a Tito, Tito's Vodka guy too. Yeah, we had our debutant party uh, together uh, here in in Austin. And Chuck is, is such a, a masterful expert at, at analytics. He has been, he's written a book on it. We talk about that uh, a little bit. But one of the questions that, that I ask him is, is around the numbers and is marketing more uh, about numbers and that balance of thing that we've talked about oftentimes with the right brain and the left brain, how creativity is, is different now and how you approach creativity in some cases can be more right brain than left brain.
0: It's episode 319 of Social Pros starring our buddy uh, Chuck Eman of the W2O group. Let's hear his highlight clip. You really straddle the fence. You're as
1: creative as you are analytical. And do you think that this is a requirement now to be a data scientist, to be a uh, in analytics, to be in the kind of more number side of marketing in 2018?
3: Yeah, I mean, I do, I do think so. And I feel a little bit like a like a broken record, but I you that creativity is um, more important than ever, especially as more data sources become available to us. So I, I don't imagine that... Like, we're going to see more more data pop up. I do see some consolidation on the, the horizon. But I think in the very, very near term, there's going to be more and more data available to us. And so, having the ability to hear a client problem and say, you know, this requires social data or no, you know what, actually, it's market research. No, nah, actually, we need a blended approach is something... is a skill that I think all analysts need. But if you're a senior analytics leader, I mean, it's a requirement.
0: So good from, from Chuck Heem, I feel like we'd have him on the show every week, just talking analytics and and, and sort of truth telling about math. Uh, every time I talked to that guy, I, I learned something else. One of my favorite episodes of the year, Adam, probably you too, I think, is is from Jen Herman, who is an Instagram specialist. She really consults with with brands and individuals on how to be better at Instagram. And, and she taught us a bunch of stuff that you know, I hadn't really thought of, at least not, not fully. I really enjoyed this show.
1: I, I did too. Um, I, I admit that I know more about Facebook than, than I knew about Instagram. And I think it's an assumption that often oftentimes, I think we as social pros can make is that Instagram's way they look at things, the way their algorithm works in terms of relevance is very much the same or similar to facebook and in, in fact it's, it's it's quite different
0: yeah it really is and, and we will see whether that persists or whether those algorithms start to align a little bit more over time but jen dropped a lot of knowledge in this episode it's episode 327 uh and and here i asked her a question about sort of you know posting cadence and she was quite clear not dissimilar from what sarah said in her episode mm-hmm. that that less less is more baby Tune in right now. Quality, not quantity. Quality, not quantity. uh, Episode title of this one is uh, why you need three different Instagram strategies. Do you feel like, as a general rule, obviously you'd want to test this, your results may vary, but do you feel like businesses should be increasing their posting cadence or decreasing their posting cadence?
2: Decrease. 100%, I say decrease. Again, there are exceptions to that rule. But the way the algorithm on Instagram works is that if people like your content, and I'm talking as an individual user, your business page content will show up higher in that individual user's feed. It's based on individual interaction, not popularity. Popularity is a very small fraction of the algorithm on Instagram compared to something like Facebook where popularity is a large factor. So if you're creating three posts a day and it's so saturated that your audience is just learning to scroll past and not interact, then the less they interact, the lower your content shows up. And you start thinking, well, I need to create more content because no one's seeing it. And you actually make it worse.
1: Another show and another guest that that I got a lot out of, Jay, was was Carmen Collins, um, who really focuses on internal communications and internal social at Cisco from a recruiting standpoint, from an HR standpoint. And I think it's an oftentimes aspect of, of social media that that we don't we don't think about. And what I appreciate about Carmen is not just about the, the topic of, of internal communications, but teamwork and how she is seeking out the right advocates in her organization and this ambassador program. How do we find Cisco people that can be representative without ghostwriting, without putting words in their mouth, where that authenticity and genuineness, Jay, that you and I talk about so often can really come through.
0: And not to mention the fact she is just a hoot. I mean, Carmen is just one of those people that you just want to be around. I mean, her her enthusiasm is just infectious. Just in this short clip, you're able to pick it up just from the tone of her voice. Like she's just, she's just a riot. Episode 329, Carmen Collins from Cisco. It's a big company. It's a disparate workforce. You've got tons of different job sites. Some people who even are rad and have a cool story, A, don't think their stories that cool. B, are not really storytellers, right? Because they're an engineer or whatever. So, so how do you do that? Are you sort of, are you, are you sort of a reporter or do you re- rely on other employees to, to sort of um, tell on each other in a good way? Um, so so how, what's the raw materials for, for amplification?
2: Well, the first is having a great team. I have an amazing team. Of people. We're small but mighty. And we're all from a social media background. So when we knew we needed to find these advocates, we went to social. And our employees use the hashtag we are Cisco when they're talking about being proud to work at Cisco. And so we started listening on that hashtag and we're very good at a team as as a team at seeing say a photo someone posts on Instagram and immediately knowing whether that's just a photo and that's okay or that's an Instagram story because there's more to tell there or that's an employee bylined blog post and again they don't always realize they have stories And it sort of depends on their level of comfort with it, to your point. I mean, not all engineers, but most engineers are are fairly introverted and and much more about the data than they are about the, the storytelling. And in that case, we'll just sit down with them. They'll do a brain dump for us about what they think and what their story is. And we just put the right pieces in the right order for them. We don't write it for them. We're very big on making sure it's the employee's voice, It might be edited, but it's certainly not written for them or not ghostwriting for 70,000 employees because I would need a much bigger team. They get excited to know they have a story and then their team gets excited and their team shares their stories.
1: And as we go back to episode 331 with Brian Fanzo, great show, Brian, founder, owner of iSocial Fans. What I liked about what Brian shared, Jay, was finding that balance of serendipity, what he calls real time versus right time. When do you post? How do you post? And I think that's really interesting. But the other piece that I really got out of Brian's interview was this idea of how hyper-focused he is on what his business is about and his business is about focusing on getting butts in seats for trade shows conferences and conventions and everything he does in social media can be related to that and i think it's important for all of us to remember that we're not just doing social for social sake we're not just writing posts for posts but that we need to remember what's our call to action what's the roi and what are we trying to accomplish with our social activities
0: yeah, he talks in this clip about the right time versus real-time balance, and you're exactly right. One of the things that, that Brian does really well is he doesn't get caught up in the random acts of social right? This, this idea of let's just kind of do some stuff here or do some stuff there. He's very intentional about what he does, but then also maintains a really high level of authenticity, which is a nifty trick. Uh, you'll learn a lot in this episode 331 from Brian Fanzo. Episode title uh, was How Brian Fanzo Combines Real-Time and Right-Time Social Media. Here it is. Would you say that when you're thinking through this premise of providing access That it's equal parts kind of thinking in advance, like what would be interesting? And then just in the moment saying, Hey, that would be interesting. Does that make sense? Is it kind of somewhat planned, but then also on the fly?
4: Yes. I, I, I say, you know, it's important to understand the importance of real time, but it's even more important to be able to act at the right time. Right. And and it, it, I texted you actually for this perfect example. I was like, oh, Jay's going backstage. I saw you walking along the back to go to the backstage. I texted Jay and said, Jay, Oracle just let me, uh, gave me the okay to come backstage. Okay. If I come back. Right. That was, that wasn't pre-planned. That was, you know, Hey, right. I saw this. I'm reacting at the right time. And I think on top of that, and I think you brought up a good point as well, is that if you're looking at how do I connect with the digital audience, the audience that, that is not there. We all have heard it many times. And you know, as a speaker, it's a little harder to hear, but people get the most value from the networking. People get the most value from running people the hallways, the you know, sitting at the bar, all of these little things. And so if you're able to provide such great access to the core elements of the event, you're only going to increase the value and that FOMO if, that they want to be there next year because they already know, for the most part, they're going there for those extracurricular things uh, to begin with, and so that's where I look at it. I think that that comes into trust as well, right? For for one of the companies I had to work with, it took me almost 45 minutes per post to get it approved and posted because the trust wasn't there yet. And so I can tell you, working at the right time was very hard with that client because that event manager hadn't got their kind of feedback yet. But I can tell you, once that trust is built, I've I've now done it at multiple events, it's kind of off and running. And one of the, the quotes that I hear from brand managers or from event organizers almost every time is they're like, Wow, that was just as easy as just letting trusting you to have the keys to the kingdom. And I was like, you know, my brand is just as much on the line as your brand is on the line. And it is that it is that, you know, two way trust for sure to make that work.
0: Well done, Brian Fanzo. Loved it. Another real thought leader we had on the show this year, Adam, was Jay Acunzo, whose uh, first book was published uh, not too long ago called Break the Wheel. Jay was episode 339 on the podcast. Headline title of this episode kind of says it all. It's called uh, Why Social Media Best Practices Are Making You Worse. Uh, not better and jay's very clear about that he's like look he quit is. playing follow the leader man and do do your own thing play your own game uh, his book is terrific by the way also uh you'll, you'll hear his brilliance here in in our highlight clip in just a second just a quick shout out to jay had his first uh, child just a few weeks ago and i know it's it's uh, uh, really uh, been a fantastic experience for him as as you might expect so congrats to jay and his family jay akunzo episode 339. Adam, you liked this one too, didn't you?
1: I did, uh, because I think we can all fall into that trap of best practices and what Jay talks about is finding the best approach. Uh, and, and, and that means a little more independence uh, and yes. not just following uh, what everybody else has done. And I think as we look at 2018, we had so many guests that really talked about this, about failing forward, about trying new things, about being innovative, because with social media, we can oftentimes do that because it's more isolated, because budgets are typically a little bit smaller, although that's one of the big things we've seen
0: change this year, it gives us permission to try new things. Jay Kunzo, episode 339 of Social Pros. Don't forget, you can get all the full episodes at socialpros.com or find them on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you'd rather skim it, we've got full transcripts of every episode at socialpros.com as well. So if you'd rather read than listen, uh, you can go back and catch the highlights of all of these shows, not only in 2018, but all the years that we've been doing this one. Let's hear what Jay has to say. Here's the thing that's, that I just want to throw this out from the beginning. Social media is, I think at this point, it's, it's not new in the classic sense. It's kind of all about best practices. In fact, I might argue that this very podcast is about the identification and the perpetuation of best practices within uh, social media. Yet you say in the book, Break the Wheel, that finding best practices isn't the goal. Finding the best approach for you is.
3: Can you talk about how that works and what you mean by that? Totally. I, I think that's that's a pretty easy statement to get on board with, right? Obviously you want to do what works best for you. And by you, you could mean, you know, myself and my career, my team, this particular channel and project, my company, my industry, in your unique situation, finding the best approach there is far more powerful than finding a general best practice that somebody says works. So so let's take this show as a really easy example. What I love about shows like this, or just about, you know, the education that we all share with each other as marketers they're all possibilities, which is wonderful. You know, now it's not that hard to find possibilities, but the danger, Jay, is where we start to misconstrue possibilities as answers, as blueprints, because best practices miss a very vital detail, which is our unique context. And when you look at some of the stories in my book, or, you know, I host a podcast called Unthinkable, so I actually mined about 120 different stories of people who did what looked like outlier work when you look at these examples of like exceptional success in social or marketing or business overall, we tend to, to think they, they did something crazy or they have the gift, but then you talk to them and, and it's like, no, no, no. I just made my decisions based on this specific item, this specific bit of detail in my unique situation. And you think it's crazy because you don't have access to that context. So it's not that best practices are bad. They're just a fine place to start, but they need to be contextualized. And we don't really talk about how to do that.
0: Well done Mr. Jay Akunzo, new dad. You know, we talked about uh, Jen Herman earlier and her episode and how we learned a lot about Instagram. One of my other episodes this year where I learned a lot of stuff that I just didn't personally know was, was this one with Owen Hemseth, who really dug deep on YouTube best practices and YouTube strategy. He's a super, super smart and compelling guy and is really successful with all things video. Episode 342, Owen Hemseth. Adam, what's your take on this one?
1: I learned a lot around around YouTube. and In this clip, I asked Owen a little bit about measurement and how measurement is evolving and how we measure things uh, differently in broadcast as it relates to YouTube and differently in video and social media as compared to other types of, uh, of content. Owen is, is so brilliant in the space and uh, it, was, it was great to have him on the show.
0: Episode title, Four Questions You Must Answer to Succeed on YouTube in 2019 is episode 342, Owen Hemseth.
1: I'm curious when you sit down with your clients how do you kind of set up how you're going to measure the success of this? One of the things you, you talked a little bit about in our pre-show was a lot of different metrics, views, watch time, yeah. live viewers, replay. Right. You even just mentioned click-through as being a really important one for YouTube. How do you kind of reconcile all this and put together a program that the client says, yeah, that's, that's gonna work for us and that's what I'm gonna be able to go to my CMO or CEO on or yeah. if it's a smaller company. Hey, how am I gonna rationalize this to myself that this is working, this yeah. is driving business?
5: Yeah, phenomenal. So a couple different ways to answer that question. And, you know, the first, the big one is the, is the sort of the billboards, uh, angle, right? I say, look, you're with video, you're in front of your audience for half a penny, right? If you're doing it, if you're doing it bad, you're staying in front of your audience for two pennies of view right and you compare that to so driving by a billboard and sort of seeing your brand so there's a brand awareness thing there that that we know 25,000 people saw your content this week right, right? yeah they saw this f- very very few seconds of it but it's the same thing as a billboard it's the same thing in a lot of cases as a radio spot right if you can get up to like 30 seconds average view time you're in a really you're in a really great spot there now that's going to get you so far because the view campaigns right? And this is, by the way, what we call a video sales funnel, right? This is using video all along the way in a a, a sales funnel process that brings your client to a lead and then nurtures them to sale. So we use awareness content to create massive retargeting lists of pre-qualified people, right? We know they like your content. We know they saw it. Now we're sending them uh, ad messages to get them to opt into an offer, I yeah, loved Owen's episode and, and uh, as a cancer
0: survivor too, congratulations uh, to him and really glad that he is uh, on the man. What a, what a guy. He, he is really generous with his time and his knowledge, not just here on Social Pros, but with lots of people in the social community. Owen's, uh, Owen's a champ. Somebody else who fits that bill is our next uh, kind of highlight reel for 2018, Mr. Michael Stelzner, who is the principal and the owner of Social Media Marketing World and the big, big, big uh, Knowledge Center social media examiner. We had Mike on the show not long after he made a big decision that kind of shook a lot of people up. He took his long form video content off of Facebook entirely, and moved it to YouTube, uh, seeing better results there. That That was an interesting decision. We talked a lot about that, Adam. We, we did. And we talked
1: about uh, his rationale for that. And we talked about kind of the the overall efficacy he's seen with different platforms, especially as it relates to shared content and how important it is to get your consumers, your advocates, your evangelists, your fans to not just retweet or repost, uh, but to actually create new content. I thought that was some interesting insights.
0: Yeah, he was saying that. The, the theory is that let's get people to to click that you know share on Facebook button or the retweet button. But the problem is the algorithms are are, are knocking down that content too mm-hmm. because the content was originally created by company. So he, what he said is you know here's some more detail on this clip that the better approach is to get your consumers to create content about you as opposed to share your content, which I think is an interesting delineation that we perhaps haven't talked about enough. It is. But we get into it deep here in episode 343 why Michael Stelzner says less is now more in social media. You see a theme. This is the third mm-hmm. guest in our top 10 who specifically say less is more. You'll hear it right here from Mike Stelsner. You have, as you mentioned, a very large tribe, um, certainly from uh, SME and also from the conference. How important is it for those people to be creating content that benefits you? Like how, how important is, is user-generated content or UGC to the present or future success of your operation? Because, because that's, the, that's the argument, right? That, that if Facebook and, and to some degree Twitter, and frankly, I think eventually LinkedIn uh, say, look, we're going to under-prioritize brand content... Uh, in the algorithm. We're going to over-prioritize content from real people. Then if you can turn those real people into advocates, uh, then, then maybe you got something.
4: Well, if you asked me a year ago, I would say this is very important, but today I would say it's not because we're fighting against algorithms, Jay. So the old me would say, enable people to share your content because that's the key to everything, right? So that's where the social share is embedded in our blog, which gets over a million people a month. And all that stuff was very, very important. But the but the reality is that that content is being prohibited from being seen by the communities on the social networks across every single social network. So it does become problematic to um, have a strategy that has that, that that hinges very heavily on your tribe creating content for you, if that content is restricted from being seen by their tribes.
1: Michael is 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 so brilliant, uh, and it's one of the reasons I think he's had such great success with the Social Media Marketing Week and the uh, the Social Media Examiner. I think another expert uh, in his particular space is Eric Sana uh who runs uh, social media for the Houston Texans. I enjoyed the show, uh, Jay. I know you probably did too. Is just an NFL fan. We heard Eric talk a lot about kind of that relationship between he, the team, and the NFL. If any of you as our listeners have franchisee, franchisor-type structures, you're probably very familiar with that type of thing. I asked Eric uh, another question that as the year kind of progressed, we found that was probably more important than when we uh, did this episode number 314. And that was about proactive monitoring. And how do you kind of listen to your coaches, of your players, and, and use social listening hopefully to be that early warning radar to, uh, to let the front office know if there's something about to go to hell.
0: Yeah. Eric's a really good guy and, and uh, is a real leader in the Houston social media community. He also talked about uh, on this episode, the, the kind of Houston strong uh, initiative that, that the team put together led by JJ Watt uh, in the wake of uh, the big hurricane and storms there last year. Uh, we had Eric on somewhat early in kind of the spring of 2018, and then this season, uh, Texans promptly went out, lost three games in a row. And uh, he sent me a note and said, I, mean, I don't think we've won since I was on social pros. I'm like, hey, sorry, I can't be held accountable for that. Uh, but then they subsequently went out and won like 10 games uh, straight. They haven't lost in forever. Like As we record this, I don't think they've lost in two and a half months or something. So uh, we, we have done our best uh, for the Texans. Go, Texans.
1: Yeah. And thank goodness we haven't given a, uh, someone in the uh, sports business another superstition uh, because... <laughs> Who right. knows they have enough of them?
0: Well, yeah, but we've talked about the fact that, you know, when people go on this show, they change jobs. Like, it's unbelievable. If you look at the history of guests on this program, the number of people who are still at the same company or, or in the same role is like five out of 350. Uh, you know, you go on social pros, you're, you're either going to get promoted or you're going to change companies. That seems to be the, uh, the party line.
1: I, I am hoping, Jay, here in 2019 uh, that we can bring someone on from LinkedIn to talk about that phenomenon.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Amber Nassland, who co-author with me in my first book, The Now Revolution, is at LinkedIn Marketing Solutions. mean, we'll get her on the show next year. That'd be a blast. Let's hear from our friend Eric San from the Houston Texans. Episode 314. Headline was how the Houston Texans engage fans 365 days a year, which is super important, right? That, you know They're only playing football uh, 16 weekends uh, a season, plus, I guess, preseason, so 20. Uh, but they got to they gotta keep it up all year round. And uh, really good episode. Here he goes.
1: I know and also know that a lot of the players in NFL now has restrictions on when and players can and can't post in social media during game day. Do you have any role and responsibility in kind of doing any monitoring there or is that more truly in the front office?
6: I think when you use the term monitoring for us, we're just monitoring what they post so we can be aware. Because a lot of times the players will share you know, their training regiment or if they're vacationing where they are so we can repurpose that content maybe for people that don't follow him. So I think from a monitoring, monitoring perspective, we're more looking on the content side, what you're mentioning specific about how, you know, what they can and can't do. That's more lies in the front office. I think from social listening, it can be really hard for us because if you follow our game day feeds on Twitter and stuff like that, a lot of the listening has to do with what's happening on the field. So I don't know, you know, we can't necessarily respond to every single person. It's funny. When one of our quarterbacks throws an interception or something goes bad, the feed just lights up. And I think people, believe that you know coach o'brien or brian gain are reading that twitter feed and i hate to break it to them they're just sending it to me and it's not like i can do a ton about it so I, you know we try to monitor all that stuff but if there is a question my whole goal when it comes to social listening and responding is can we add something of value to the conversation and if we can then we're going to 100 percent respond and we need to do better about this just in general because i think one of the problems a lot of brands face and you talked about it is kind of that one-way street we're sending information down and maybe not responding up. If there's one thing we can learn from airlines and from, you know, people who do heavily, heavily in customer support on social is that people expect that one-to-one connection now. Like if I have a problem with my airline, I can immediately, I know you guys talk about Delta a lot, you can immediately, you know, tweet them, talk about this, you know, I, I need an issue with that. And they, people expect a response. So I think that's one thing we're trying to constantly monitor, but the sheer volume of it during our busiest times can make it difficult, so you're trying to find, and as you scroll through, you know what can we contribute to the conversation? Because there's not much I can tell a person if they just disagree with how our team is playing or a call that our coach made. You just kind of got to let them vent at that point.
0: Love me some Eric Sand. That guy's terrific. Uh, I'm not a Houston Texans fan by geography, but I am now. Uh, but I am now. He's, he's a good one. Uh, last, but certainly not least, on our list of 10 favorite episodes for 2018 was my buddy Phil M. Jones, who dropped some science- about social selling and how to use the right kind of words and language in social media and beyond. Phil is quite a guy. He's an entrepreneur, has several successful businesses, but his kind of primary career is he's one of the most effective and successful uh, keynote speakers in the world. He's written a series of books, the, the most popular among them, although they're all Smash Hits is called Exactly What to Say. It is one of the top 10 marketing books uh, on Amazon at least last time I checked and it's been out for months and months and months and months which is quite an accomplishment and he actually was had the number one uh, Audible sort of broadcast of of 2018 the sort of Audible version of him teaching his Exactly What to Say methodology. So he's quite a guy and and really an interesting show different than what we usually have because he talks about specifically how to ask better questions in social in a social selling environment, and, and uh, this is something that I think everybody can benefit from, whether you're in sales or not, like, like you and I, Adam. I mean, we're not really in sales, but we kind of are.
1: I guess we all are, and wh- whether we're just selling ourselves uh, from promoting and marketing ourselves to whatever we're doing, you know, in, in our job. And and where I really appreciated this episode from Phil is that he really spoke on a different two different levels. He talked about how he personally approaches social media to promote his keynotes and his books and all the things that he does. uh, But also what he's learned from insights of talking to some of the leading brands and marketers and organizations in the world. You'll
0: enjoy this clip and the whole episode episode 313 with Phil M. Jones exactly what to say in social media. It seems to me like that's a very useful technique when you're using social media for selling. And obviously the field of quote unquote social selling is, is in rapid increase. We've had lots of conversations here on the social pros podcast about social selling and, and professional salespeople in a variety of industries using Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, even Pinterest, Snapchat to, to interact with prospects in a way that sort of falls outside the regular quote unquote kind of sales script. Do you feel like these magic words can be used Used in that context for salespeople?
7: I think they could be used in all kinds of different people. What we do need to remember though is that what the majority of people want to do, particularly as marketers, is they, you know, they want to know what's the killer post? What's the what's the one set of words that gets me from nowhere to somewhere, like in an instantaneous silver bullet type fashion? And it's about like as useful as saying, what's that one line that I can use when I'm in the club that's going to get her to go home with me? It's <laughs> It's kind of like a fairy tale and people look for often for things that are inappropriate on the first date, right? Or they want to get married with kids without having to go through all the bases. We need to think with our conversations that we've got to move from piece to piece, to piece, to piece, to piece. And something that will never go out of fashion is that questions create conversations. Conversations lead to relationships. Relationships create opportunities and opportunities lead to sales. What the book is, is either questions or prefaces towards questions to mean that those questions start to open up more conversations. Those conversations make more relationships. Those relationships create more opportunities. Those opportunities lead to sales. So when we're thinking about selling in a social capacity, our goal should be starting of conversations, conversations in predetermined frameworks or boundaries to allow us to be able to create opportunities in order for us to be able to sell. Not how do I post something, say something, or deliver something in a messenger format that gets somebody to buy something. It's going through all of the bases. Thanks very much to Phil M. Jones for lending his
0: wisdom to the Social Pros community and to all of our 50-plus guests this year. Thank you so much for your time, for your generosity of spirit. It's really been extraordinary. This will wrap up the 2018 season for Social Pros, but we'll be back with a bang in 2019. Our first guest is RJ Tellier from Pattern89. Also, Adam, we're going video in 2019.
1: I know I'm going to have to go get a haircut uh, and get all get all gussied up uh, as we are now entering the video spectrum uh, with uh, with YouTube. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope that uh, it'll make for those of you who are who watch or would like to watch the show, uh, make it a little bit more ener- energetic and energizing.
0: Yeah, we're going to uh, put all the episodes on YouTube, We'll probably dabble a little bit in Facebook and LinkedIn as well. We'll see how that goes, at least the highlight reels uh, on, on those platforms as well. And then on a somewhat regular basis, uh, Adam and I are going to do a live show use uh, on Facebook, on Facebook Live, uh, and have people uh, tune in and, and uh, ask questions. We really want you to be a part of the show as much as we possibly can to that end if you've got favorite episodes from 2018 that you want to point out, and even more importantly, if you've got ideas for people you would love to hear from on social pros, please let us know. Just send me an email, jay at jaybear.com. Pretty easy to find. I'll share it with Adam as well. We would love your feedback. We would love your ideas on guest topics, themes that uh, you'd like to hear more of as we get cranked up for 2019.
1: Jay, one of the things I love about this show is that this is truly a testbed and that we are, you know, I think we, even with, with us going on video, here we are listening to what our uh, our guests are talking about, what our listeners, are talking about. And we're going to try this. We're going to learn a lot from, I think, doing uh, the show on, on YouTube. And that's one of the things I appreciate from all of our listeners. When I go into meetings, when I give speeches, I know when, when you give speeches, they, they line up to meet you. Uh, but more and more often when I'm, uh, when I'm speaking to someone, they mention the show and they mention how much they, uh, they appreciate it. And every one of you, uh, Jay and I, so appreciate and, uh, and thank for, for being such loyal listeners.
0: You bet, without you there is no show. We will see you uh, in just a couple of weeks for episode one of season nine, kicking off 2019 on the Social Pros podcast. Don't forget every single episode is at socialpros.com. Thanks again to Adam, everybody at Salesforce Marketing Cloud, all of other sponsors this year. Huge thanks to my team at Convince & Convert for the amount of work they put into the show every week. It is truly extraordinary and frankly, uh, unappreciated by, by most people. And we wish each and every one of you a fantastic holiday season. We will see you in a few weeks on what is hopefully your favorite podcast and your favorite show, Social Pros.